Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Hour number two here on Early Break on the Ticket. Nick Sainer, Jake Bakoven with you guys. Filling in for Sorensen and Sipple the rest of the week here. Seven o'clock hour, hour number two. Coming your way, one here from you guys the the rest of the way here. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can always reach out to Bakarai on, on our Twitters, Nick underscore Sainert, and at Jake Bakoven as well. All right, Bach, time to talk a little bit of a game plan. want to hear your guys' thoughts on this especially, 402-464-5685. Feel free to call in. Feel free to text in. Uh, because th- there's a lot of we, – we always just put a blanket statement on it that Nebraska – we want Nebraska to run the ball. And I, I, I'm curious what that looks like. And I think more importantly, Bach, I, I go, always go back to the Michigan State game last year as a team that really um, – Embraced the idea that they had a dark horse at running back. They had, or I should say, a, a big dog at running back in Kenneth Walker the third. Michigan State did, and although he didn't find success, actually did not <laughs> didn't find any success through four quarters. The first two plays of overtime, what did they do? They ran the ball with him. And I keep going back every time we talk about Nebraska's game plan, or every time we talk about what we want Nebraska to look like. I always go back to that Michigan State game and think to myself, Nebraska's defense played exceptionally well that game. Exceptionally well. But at some point, the physicality is going to wear down on you. The physicality is going to wear down. And so with that in mind, Nebraska could be on the offensive side of that this year. Or specifically this game, this Saturday. To where... Even if the running game does not start out well for Nebraska, it doesn't mean that they need to abandon it. That's one of the main things that needs to change this season. Is that when the going gets tough and you the, the running game isn't effective, you don't just completely abandon it. Or you don't switch personnel either. I think that's another big idea. Is that um, go with the flow of the game and understand the difference between playing a good defensive group or a good opponent, quality defense, and just completely taking a guy out of rhythm. I think there's a big difference there. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated but to see how this running game goes, particularly in the amount of carries that these, these guys are going to get. I think you got to get somebody into a rhythm, um, and I think that they're still maybe working out who those guys are going to be. And, and maybe they... Maybe they have some leeway in these first few games to do that, to try to identify who the lead rusher is going to be. As we've maybe noted over the last several years, um, guys have risen up the depth chart and, and maybe they haven't identified the best running back for their situation right away. So, um, you know, and, and, and that, that happens too. I mean, I, I know we're often blaming the coaches for that, but guys develop at their own rate. Um 
I I want to see somebody. I, I want to see somebody get more than thirteen carries a game. I want to see somebody actually get into a rhythm. Um, and you know they've got all these different backs with different uh, abilities. And and you know, do you want to do you want to just kind of mix it up and play everybody their strengths, or do you want to identify two guys, you know, one or two guys, um, that are going to be the bell cows of of that running group? And and that that's what I'd like to see. Um, and and you know, I I don't know. I I mean. You got to play the strength of your offensive line. I hope that this coaching staff is is smart is smart enough to do that and not hard headed enough uh, to to go the other way. Because I know, listen, I I love the idea of a a, a running game making a resurgence at Nebraska. Yeah, so out of the last five years, one of those including Mike Riley, but three out of the last five years, you haven't had a running back get over five hundred yards. I mean, that's it's been bad. Um, obviously, it's been led by Adrian Martinez the last two years. So. Um, they they need to kind of get back to that. This is a running back sort of league. Um, you know, you need that traditional running game to get going. I don't know if I completely trust it though, because when I when I step back, I know we we're we're close on it. We want to hear. You know, we're all interested in the running back battle. Yeah. And just kind of culturally, we ask more running questions, so the coaches answer them. So they, That's you know, true. maybe there's more of a of a of a, a storyline there than than that we create more so than what they wanted to create. I just think when I when I look at it, Mark Whipple more of a passing guy. Um, you know, you brought in a, a new passing game coordinator, Casey Thompson. You got him out of the transfer. He wants to throw the ball forty times a game. Um, has said as much that he wants you know chuck it all over the field. I think that they're I I you know I'd love to see it. I just I don't know if I I'll wait to to believe it until I do see it. Yes, yeah, Scott Frost was actually asked on Sunday what the separation looks like at running back. Here's what he had to say. Uh, it'd be a good question for Applewhite. Um, separation, I don't know. I, I think most of those guys are a little different. They have a little bit different skill set. Uh, but I've seen so much improvement out of the guys that have been here, and they've been pushed by the new guys. And um, I've said this before. I think this is the most talented and deepest group that we've had. So we just need to play well. By saying this before, it's been in previous years, I suppose. But uh... – <laughs> Anyway, no, I mean, TC says this on the on the text line. Once again, 402-464-5685. Running game won't happen until they fix the line. Screw all the other talent at skill positions. We can win nine-plus with mediocre skill position players and a great offensive line. Uh, Bubba adds that that won't happen, Nick. Run, run the ball guy gives up on it and starts screaming at the TV after the first seven to ten runs don't add up too much. And I, I just think that, like, Nebraska's in a situation where they need to figure out something sustainable, right? And you have to ask yourself, um, is is passing the ball 45 times in a, in a pretty run-dominant conference sustainable? And it hasn't been up to four. And, and not saying they've ran the, or thrown the ball 45 times, but has passing the ball and, and quarterback run been sustainable in the first four years? And the answer is absolutely not. So I, 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 that's where that's what gives me a little bit of hope is because we're in this make it or break it year, and so you would hope and expect Scott, a guy like Scott Frost to look back at previous years and go, what did we do that is not, number one, sustainable, did not execute, was not executed well? And you could, you could argue that a, a good chunk of their offense outside of a couple plays last year was not sustainable, right? Um, one of the couple of plays that were sustainable, the little post route to set Mari Toure to kick off the game every single week where they scored on 75-yard touchdown plays, and then the Chancellor Brewington play. Like, yeah. like when you're, it's third and one, the quarterback run is not sustainable. Even if it's for a first down, it's not sustainable. Against your quarterback beat up exactly. over the year. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what happened. So, like, I, I just sit here and I go, I, although 
what's it called? Although uh, Mark Whipple comes in with more of a pass kind of style, I, I would expect Nebraska to be okay running the ball 30, 40 times a game. I think they need to. I think they have to. I, I like. I think part of this also is that they don't have a choice. Why? I mean, because of their offensive line? Either offensive line, you also just don't have the as of, as athletic of a quarterback back right. there. I just think that once once you get to like the short down and distance, you're going to have to give it off to somebody. <laughs> I can see a few times people getting upset about you know maybe a third and two and you you you, you just go back to pass. Um, I I you know I again I just I I think this is going to be a pass heavy system. We'll see. I think it, I think the the most important thing is to to play the strength of the offensive line. Whether the offensive line has made strides in run blocking or pass blocking, maybe it's both. Maybe all of a sudden one of the worst offensive lines from last year. Yeah. You, you throw in Donovan Riola and he and he has the magic touch. I'd love to I'd love to see it. I just I don't know if I can believe it. So I think that what first of all. It was almost magical what Nebraska was able to do for all the um, kind of flames thrown at Scott Frost and his offense. You're right. I don't know how they they ended up like 20th in the nation in yards per game with that offensive line. I mean that that's difficult for any play caller. Yeah. Um, so I, I give him a little bit of credit for that. Uh, obviously. That was a, maybe a, the better example of Nebraska's offensive line. Obviously, 2020, um, or Nebraska's offense, I should say, overcoming their offensive line. 2020 wasn't so pretty. Um, so, you know, I, I, I understand why they made the changes. They had, you know, they're trying to, 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 to drop something completely new. And I, I just, I, I, again, I, I mean, I, I think that there's a chance, too, that you see run heavy early against Northwestern or just like early in the season, I mean, against Northwestern and some of these teams. And then uh, when, when you know, when it's really kind of mid-season or, or, or headed toward the later part of the season, you start throwing the ball around a little bit more. But to me, because they ran the ball all over Northwestern, we, we talked about this before, how much do you kind of take into account what they did last year? Well, I would take it somewhat into account, make them prove that they can stop. You, you ran for, what was it, 500 yards on them last season? Why, why, you know, you're doing them a favor yeah. if you adjust that at all before they, you make them stop it. Make them show you that they could stop what you already did to them to the tune of 56 to 7 with 500 yards rushing. I don't know why yeah. you would change that. Well, so unnamed texture right here says this. Uh, if we don't pass the ball to open the box up, we won't be able to run. I look at it the other way. That, that's, I think that's where Nebraska's mentality might need to change is you got to run the ball to open up the pass. And that's, once again, that's exactly where I'm coming from, is that in this game on Saturday, there's a situation to where Nebraska's offense comes out and starts sputtering a little bit right out of the gate because of all the new personnel, because you're in Ireland. Although there should be no excuses, I understand that, but that's just the reality of it, is that if they come out and they struggle, you don't want to see them panic. We've seen this team, this program, in recent years panic when they haven't been able to run the ball and completely desert the run. That's what needs to change. When you look, when you look at, I was just talking to Vershawn about this yesterday. Just talking to AD and Raf yesterday as well, and they they all they all said the same thing. If you're able to start with running the football, and even if it's not successful right out of the gate, you can stick with it. Force the back end, the safeties, the secondaries to play up. If you're Northwestern, you have to. You or excuse me, if you're Nebraska, you force Northwestern safeties to play up, and bam. You, you're telling me anybody with Northwestern can is able to stop Trey Palmer? Like I, I'm taking Trey Palmer or Omar Manning going up against the Northwestern defensive back. 
I mean, they've got some defensive backs that have been starting there. Um, I think, you know, I'd love to believe in what you're saying, but I, I mean, I think we've got a little bit too much faith in, in those type of guys. I mean, Omar Manning had, you know, 330 yards receiving or whatever it was last year, 380. That's It's not an all Big Ten you know, why maybe, maybe I'm going off a of body type. Maybe that's maybe yeah. I'm going off a of body type. And, and and Nebraska should have the matchups, and, and I like the the weapons that they have. I, I think there's just you know there's a lot more that needs to be proven uh, rather than just assuming these guys like like Trey Palmer. Like Samari Tour is going to be tough to, to to beat his numbers. Maybe Trey Palmer does it. Maybe it Trey Palmer lives up to all the expectations that we have before. But shouldn't the Omar Manning example teach us that maybe we shouldn't put the cart before the horse? You're, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So I mean, I, I think that I, I think they've got the weapons. I think they're going to sling the ball all over. So I think somebody's going to have to get some of these yards. I'm just I'm just interested to see who it's going to be. But at the same time, I mean, for those comments, I mean, either the, both both of those are right. Ideally, you want to be able to run and pass. So run to open up the bat. Either way, you look at it. Um, it just sometimes you, you can't get one of those things rolling. So that with the with the whole cart before the horse discussion, should is that the way you should approach the running back room also? I think so. I mean, I that's that's why maybe I'm not as bought in as a lot of the a lot of people starting to give Nebraska nine to ten win predictions. I think if everything goes right, if if Tommy Hill lives up to the hype, if Trey Palmer lives up to hype, if Anthony Grant lives up to the hype, if if Casey Thompson lives up to yeah. the hype, if uh, Oshawn Mathis is nine sack Oshawn instead of four sack Oshawn, exactly. If you know, it, all if this he's 20, stuff, 2020 Oshawn, right. not twenty twenty one. All this stuff right. aligns perfectly. Then yeah, Nebraska can get nine or ten wins. I just I don't think that you know it, it's like to me that the the transfer portal is going to be somewhat like recruiting altogether maybe a little bit higher of a hit rate because you know what you have coming in you you know what you can expect but automatically assuming like Nebraska's had the top JUCO running back twice multiple times this yeah. is the third time under Scott Frost and give Scott Frost credit for going out and getting those guys but they haven't turned into the next coming of Amir Abdullah or even Divine Zigbo. So I'm not just going to claim that Anthony Grant's going to be the next 1,200 yard back at Nebraska until I I can I can kind of see it. And that's what I'm waiting for is finally we get to see all this play out. I mean that's that's part of the intrigue of this season is there's so much unknown. We finally get to see these guys in scarlet and cream yeah. and see which one of them's are going to stand up and which one of them's are going to stand out and which one of them might not. But at the same time too, you can't be fooled by one game going after the first game last week, last year, you would have thought Oliver Martin was headed toward a thousand yard season. Yeah. Well, well, and, and Oliver Martin kind of had a rough Illinois game because there was that route that he just completely stopped and just completely gave up. And, and maybe it was a poorly thrown ball by Adrian Martinez. Maybe, yeah. but I think there Is that was also. Michigan? Or which game was that? Because Illinois is when he stood out. In or Illinois zero, right? stood out. Well, there yeah. was one game that he he just completely stopped running. Yeah, and it was like and he pretty what much are we didn't doing get here? playing time. Yeah, after exactly. That. After that, so um, I'm somebody on the text line. Unnamed texter once again four zero two four six four five six eight five says. So much of the thought is based on the ability to not be playing from behind. So if your offense is at least taking care of the ball, that should help to some degree. I, I don't know where you sit on the fence with this, Bach, but like when you look at this Northwestern game, and you don't like don't want to chalk up wins. You don't want to just give Nebraska a win because over the last four years they've done nothing to deserve that luxury of just chalking up wins or games as a win, I suppose. But when you sit there and go. If Nebraska, I, I, there's confidence for me personally to where, if Nebraska takes care of the football and limits the penalties, they should walk out of there Saturday with a win. 
Because here's the thing. When you look at Northwestern and you look at Purdue and Minnesota, what do this, a lot of times they do to, to win games? They play clock. Well, not maybe not Purdue because they're more of a pass-heavy team. But when you look at Northwestern Minnesota and Wisconsin, Iowa, I guess, yeah. what do they do? They eat up the clock. They take care of the football. And they throw in a little bit of play Don't act. beat themselves. Don't beat themselves. Right. What's Nebraska done the last four years? They've beaten themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's a way, in in my opinion, that if Nebraska goes on Saturday and, and just kind of, I don't want to say be boring, but just take care of the football and, and limit penalties, has a clean game, we're walking out of here with a pretty good feeling, even if the scoreboard doesn't have the separation that it did last year. Well, I think too. I mean, I want more boring because that's that's what I I've seen as as good play is it's like kind of not beating yourself from this side of the league. And you, you can say what you will about maybe that the the top end, um, I, I I guess the ceiling of that approach, right? You know, maybe Wisconsin's a good uh, uh, case study for that because over the last twenty twenty five years, whatever they've they've kind of reached a ceiling and not being able to get over that. I always say, you know, they've had. A, one dynamic quarterback over that time. I think that could definitely be a, a game changer if you add that to this approach. But to me, you know, yeah, the Big Ten West isn't the isn't the the most exciting football brand, maybe, um, but it sure is consistent, and it, and it does uh, make you feel good about not beating yourself. It's hard to imagine Northwestern up like two touchdowns in this game at any point, right? I mean, it's hard to imagine them, you know, unless Nebraska is completely beating themselves and, and, and compounding mistakes and, and, you know, getting in the way, penalties, turnovers, that sort of thing. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit more boring football, as people like to say about the Big West, is, is look more like the teams that are having success in your region, in your division. Nebraska, I mean, all the talk about, you know, the 3-9, and nine, they were 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten last year. That's a worse look in my mind than 3-9. and nine. Obviously, even percentage-wise, that's pretty rough. Um, so... I don't know. I, I think that, you know, with, with this idea, and that's why I'm I'm also a little bit torn on this this whole idea, is that, you know, I think Mark Whipple, one of the best hires, uh, obviously coming off, you know, the hottest point in his career with Kenny Pickett and Pittsburgh out there. Um, I'm just interested stylistically, especially if they do get to slinging the ball all over, um, how that's going to work in the Big Ten West, how that's going to look, because that might, you know, there's, there's more possibility that you're going to, you know, kind of, add up a little bit more turnovers and stuff there if you're if you're slinging the ball all around and, and that just kind of adds to kind of beating yourself and penalties and getting in the way I, I still think uh this this team will just go as far as the offensive line takes them one way or the other no matter what strategy they have um it's just hard to to game plan and to call plays behind a, a bad offensive line and again that's why i give props to what they were do, able to do last year with their that's big true. playability are they going to have the big playability? We, again, we all assume Trey Palmer is just going to step it, step in and be Samari Toure. Samari Toure got him out of a lot of holes last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we get this off the text line. Um, Froff is coming at me. Says, uh, "Name any starter on Northwestern's offense. I dare you." Well, you can start up front with Peter Skaronski. You, you can go. start at any of the quarterbacks that they're going to be talking about, um, whether it's Ryan Haliski or Evan Hole, or you can talk about the running back in Cam Porter. So. Um, they're not going to name a starter at quarterback till Saturday. So there's four starters on the offense. <laughs> That's the one you mainly I'm, need to know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and their, their best safety, Brandon Joseph transferred to Notre Dame. Yeah. So, um, they're, they're, believe it or not there, I do know a little bit about Northwestern. Um, Mississippi Mud Dog makes a really good point on the text line and, and Bach, this is going to bring up like Bo Pelini Northwestern years. Ready? Okay. <laughs> uh, over the last 11 years, Mississippi Mud Dog points this out. There is proof that this game will not be an easy win. Last year was the anomaly. I do 
Uh, I do think if we get a two to three score lead early, then it will be over. Northwestern is never built to come from behind. Never forget. I mean, the years so no so many times Nebraska was ranked under Bo Pelini would be near the top ten, whether they were in the top twenty, they would be ranked in the top twenty five. And I, I will never forget the the two quarterback system that North, Northwestern used oh, to yeah. use with Kane uh, Kane Coulter yep. and uh, Trevor Simeon and Trevor Simeon. Thank you. And it was just like, come on, man! Like Nebraska, it, it, Kane Coulter, right? No. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, Kenny Bell's buddy. Yes, that's right. Was trying to form a union as well. Yeah. I will never forget watching. I love his, Kane Coulter. Watching, watching his uh, interviews on like PTI and things like that. But anyway, so Mississippi Dog makes a good point. Never built to cover behind because they're that prototypical Big Ten team. Like they just have bruisers. They're physical, and, and that's how they're going to beat you. So as Mississippi Dog points out, if you get a two-three score lead early, then you feel pretty good about your chances to continue it throughout the four quarters of the game. So, once again, it, it just feels like um, this is a game, once again, like Mississippi Mundog says, it's a game where you can come out firing, and it would be it would be great, as somebody, as OG Lance Lancaster says, wouldn't you love a boring 35-point win, though? There you go. And, I mean, that, that's a possibility. It's just you got to have a couple things uh, fall in the lap of Nebraska, which, as we know, Nebraska hasn't had that luxury the last four years. So maybe, as somebody said earlier, the law of averages will eventually even out. But, uh, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of uncertainty, but there's a lot of possibility, I think. Yeah, I think that 2011 game that you're talking about might have been more than we maybe realized uh, the turning point of the Bopolini tenure at that's Nebraska. That's a good way to think about um, it. Because they were, I mean, they were in the top ten, um, that was kind of the last time. I think at, at that point they had been just boat raced by Wisconsin. So you already had, you know, remember Nebraska wasn't getting blown out under Bo Pelini until they went to the Big Ten, and that was in 2011. Um, but they they made their way back into the top ten, and, and Northwestern upset them, and yeah. um, obviously you know things didn't go as well from there. Certainly better than they still are now, but um, it's uh, that is that, that's interesting. It's a turning point again. I don't. I just don't know if this is the same. Old story for Northwestern, though. I, I think in, in years past, the difference between um, their nine-win te- teams and their five-win teams uh, was a few points and a few possessions and, and, and this and that here and there. Last year was not the case. I mean, they, they were they were just they, – they're, they're far off. They don't have a whole lot around um, – you know, I mean, like we said, you can mention a few guys, Evan Holler, Peter Skaronsky, but they just don't have a whole lot of strengths to, to build off from last season. I mean, Cam Porter had, I think, 333 yards last year. Well, Cam Porter was out he was, last he year. Was, or, excuse me, in, in uh, the previous year. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had 333 yards. So it was one of those things where you take it with a grain of salt, but he's going to kind of be their guy this year, it feels like. Yeah, we'll but, see between but, him and Evan Hall. I don't know exactly. if he's fully healthy even for this game. Well, so what, what's... Off injury. Uh, somebody says, but Northwestern has pretty facilities. Um, they do. They, yeah. they, they, they do. They have, they, they have an awesome practice field right on the, the lake or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but, yeah, no, you make a really good point, Bob. They just don't have the, the skill position. But let's, let's be real. A lot of the, the teams in the Big Ten West, specifically, on paper, haven't had the, the talent than Nebraska has on paper. I want to make that very clear. Then it comes down to coaching when if if you can't transition it to Saturdays. That's where kind of the the difference is between a I don't know, maybe even a Northwestern in years past um and, and Nebraska, I suppose. All right, let's get to break. 402-464-5685 the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarner Heyman text line, both those still open for you guys the rest of the day here. Um want to continue this conversation a little bit more. We might branch off. Kansas State named some captains yesterday. 
and the Athletic decided to uh, talk to Adrian Martinez about his time in Nebraska. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll probably dissect the Northwestern game a little bit more. Want to keep keep hearing from you guys. You guys have been great all day. 402-464-5685. It's early break on the ticket.